Hello again, everyone, and uh, welcome back to another sermon from our study of 2 Corinthians. If you are watching this on Sunday, hopefully you took the opportunity to uh, join us for our Zoom prayer meeting from 9.15 to 9.45. If not, just be aware that is something that is ongoing uh, and can be accessed through our church email accounts. We've been uh, sending out invitations to that and we'll continue to do so. Uh, but that's going to be an ongoing, uh, Lord willing, weekly event that we offer where we pray together for uh, for the service, for our worship time, for uh, other things that are going on. Uh, but please know that that is something that you can avail yourself of and, and hopefully you will do that. Uh, I have found it very encouraging, whether it be through uh, our Ligonier Connect classes that we're offering as a church or uh, through other meetings to be able to connect through Zoom or some other networking uh, program, how encouraging it is to see one another um, even when we cannot be together. So please, uh, if you are interested and did not receive that email, please reach out to us and let us know. And if you are affiliated with New Hope, we will certainly be sure to get you on that list um, so you can take part in our next prayer time. Our sermon this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 through 24. I just want to go ahead and let you know up front that there's not going to be any uh, graphics for this message. Uh, the way it, the passage breaks down and the way I'm approaching it didn't really seem to, to lend itself well to, to have all the graphics up. So if I have spoiled you by putting the uh, scripture on the screen, now is the time to run quickly and grab your Bible so you can follow along in it as I read. Again, just want to let you know, uh, church family, that we are praying for you. And again, remind you that if you have any needs or concerns that arise, please reach out to us. We want to be faithful as a church, to be caring well for one another, to continue to pray for one another well, and to support in other ways. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, if you are on our in our church directory, you should be being contacted by an elder uh, on a pretty regular basis. You can uh, reach out that way through your elder, or you can also uh, call me directly through the church line or get in contact with Allison Schmucker, excuse me, Schmucker, our church administrator, uh, through email. So please encourage you to do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 through 24. Please follow along as I read. But thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And with them we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. 
As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. Let's pray together. Lord, we commit this time in your word to you. Lord, whenever it is viewed, uh, Lord, I pray that your spirit would be at work uh, amongst those who listen to your word proclaimed. Lord, I ask for your help, as always, in the preaching of your word, Lord, for clarity of thought and clearness of speech. Lord, I pray for all who will hear uh, Lord, for believers that they would be built up and strengthened in their faith, and Lord, for non-believers that you would open their eyes to the truth of your gospel and, and draw them into saving faith, Lord, that they would experience your mercy and kindness to them through Christ Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Now, if you've read much of the Bible, you know that God has a lot to say about money in the Bible. We, we've seen it already in our study of 2 Corinthians that when money is used properly, it can be a very good tool that is used to honor God and care for his people. Now, elsewhere in the Bible, we find warnings about money. Listen to Paul's words to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Paul writes, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, and have pierced themselves with many pangs. We've learned that when we love God, money is an avenue through which we can express our faith and our desire to worship Him well. But when we love money, we are in a danger of making a shipwreck of our faith and the faith of others. Now I'm going to begin on a rather somber note by reflecting on one of the scandals that I remember from my teenage years uh, as it relates to Christianity, because I believe it, it illustrates the verses from 1 Timothy perfectly. Now, if you're over the age of 45, you've likely heard the name Jim Baker. Back in the 80s, Jim and his Wife Tammy Faye were well known in certain Christian circles for their ministry called PTL. PTL. It stood for Praise the Lord. They they built a, a multi-million dollar empire and a and a compound uh, outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, that even included a theme park that was known as Heritage USA and. Uh, it was the, the theme park was actually so large it rivaled the Disney theme parks in size at that time. But sadly, uh, things began to unravel, and 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 really, people that had never heard the name Jim Baker before began to hear his name when it became known that he had been unfaithful to his wife and, and been in a, a sexually immoral relationship with one of his staff members. And as 
this news broke. Things only got worse for Jim Baker as it became known publicly that he and his ministry had also financially defrauded supporters of millions of dollars. His love of money led to his fall and the damage of many sincere believers' faith. And sadly, this is just one example of many where the love of money has led to dishonor in the church. The love of money is not a temptation that is limited to one theological school of thought or one denomination, but but it is a temptation that any person can succumb to if they fail to guard their heart. Financial scandals like sexual ones bring much dishonor to the church. And because of this, transparency and integrity are absolute necessities from the leadership in order to do all that they can to both avoid temptation and remain blameless in the eyes of the church. Now, this is all significant and and relates to Paul and the church at Corinth. If you Remember that that one of the charges that Paul's opponents in Corinth had brought against him was that Paul was in it for the money. Now, if you consider 1 Corinthians and the context of of both letters, you know this is is a ridiculous charge that was brought against Paul, uh, especially coming from the Corinthians, given that Paul took no money from them at all when he initially brought the gospel to them can read about that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 18. He, he did not want to take money from them. He didn't want that to be a stumbling block to the gospel because culturally it was expected that philosophers who traveled from town to town, that they would go into the public square and they would speak with the hope that people would give them money. And so Paul did not want to be lumped in with these traveling Greek philosophers. And so he worked and met his own needs, even as he sought to minister in Corinth, preaching the gospel. So, so for them to bring this charge, when you think about it, really is a, is a silly charge to bring against him. Paul had taken careful precautions to guard against being charged with any form of financial impropriety. And and we see in today's passage that he does the same thing as it relates to this offering that, that was taken to help the poor saints in Jerusalem. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 through 24, Paul describes the character of those who had been entrusted with collecting and delivering the offering for the poor saints in Jerusalem. And I would say that the the key verse in summarizing this section of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is found in verse 21. And honestly, brothers and sisters, I think this should become a guiding principle in our lives as well. Paul writes, For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. 
Now, listen, when God's word defines what is honorable, we will not go wrong if we apply this principle to how we live. Now, that word honorable simply means that which is good or fitting. The things that are important can even be translated beautiful. So if we aim to, to do what is, is beautiful in the Lord's sight and in the sight of man, then, then, then we will do fine as it relates to our testimony in this lost world. So, so what is honorable in the case of the collection for the poor in Jerusalem? Well, it's pretty simple. We see it here in these verses. The selection of three qualified men to collect in Corinth and to deliver both the Macedonian and the Corinthian offerings to Jerusalem. And so what we want to do today is, is consider the character of the three men who were chosen for this work. First of all, we, we see a name that we recognize, and that's Titus. And we see him in, in verses 16 and 17, and then again in verse 23. Now, we've already seen that Titus was no stranger to the Corinthians, he had been the one to deliver the severe letter from Paul, and then he stayed with the Corinthians and had returned with the letter that, were, that we call 2 Corinthians, which we're studying now. And in his time in Corinth, Titus had developed a sincere love and affection for the Corinthians. Paul states in these verses that Titus shares the same earnest care that he, Paul, has for them. And that Titus is very earnest and is going to the Corinthians of his own accord. These are important statements about Titus and his motives. The, the Greek word that's translated earnest means to be eager or diligent. His desire to, to serve them was sincere and strong. He, he wanted to be faithful. We, we know that his service is also voluntary. He was Going to Corinth of his own accord, Paul writes. In other words, he, he chose to go of his own free will. Now, Titus is, is listed first and, and is the only one of the name, named one of the three men of this list. And, and in the choice of Titus, we see the importance of, first of all, being trustworthy. Paul had already sent Titus to, to, to minister in Corinth before we, we we see the importance that titus was known by the people we, we see the importance of titus being eager to serve and his willingness to serve and, and all of these are, are ways that to be honorable in god's sight before in god's sight and before men men in handling the church's offering titus was a was a great example in verses, in eight, verses 18 and 19, we, we move on to the second brother on the list. We, we see in verse 18 that this is the brother who was famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. That's quite the introduction, is it not? This brother was zealous for the gospel. While there is much speculation as to the identity of this famous preacher. Some thought that it was even Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts. The, the reality is that we do not need to know. 
he was known for what was important. He, he was known for his zeal for the gospel. His praise in the gospel would be the, the literal translation of that phrase in the Greek. And by preacher, I, I think we also need to think in terms of evangelism as well. This was a brother that was known for proclaiming the gospel. And honestly, if we are to be known at all, you can't get much better than that to be known for your faithfulness to the gospel. This is someone who would have been known to the Corinthians by his reputation, but he's not someone who was part of a part of Paul's inner circle of companions who traveled with him and ministered regularly with him. No, this was someone who, it tells us, was appointed by the churches to travel with them. The, the, the famous brother was sent by the churches in Macedonia as their, represent, their representative, and this provided an additional level of accountability as it related to the offering and, and the delivering of the offering. Titus was Paul's guy. Paul had mentored him. So it could be argued by some that, that the money could still be misused in some way. But adding the additional brother from outside Paul's circle makes the group more transparent. It, in the famous brother, we, we see the importance of the church's role in choosing those entrusted with this type of ministry. Remember, the poor Macedonians had given generously. And by virtue of being a church, they had the authority to choose who traveled with Paul as their representative. It was their call. And in addition to the famous brother, we also see that the churches also chose to send along a lesser-known man who we will call the earnest brother or the eager brother. We see him in verse 22. It says, And with them we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. Now, if you're wondering where I get that this guy was sent by the churches, just look with me quickly at verse 23. Paul writes, As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So our earnest brother... <laughs> It is also from outside Paul's group of companions, which means even more accountability as it related to the offering. But this is not all. In addition to being earnest or eager about the work, this brother had also been tested. He, he was a man of excellent character, diligent in the work of the church, and faithful in his service to others. And this brings about another very important point, brothers and sisters. Character is key in dealing with financial matters because at some point, whether 
for good reasons or due to ill will, someone inevitably will call into question the way the church's resources are being used. And whether these questions are warranted, they're good, or not, the character of those entrusted to steward God's resources must be solid. They must have integrity. They must be trustworthy. Now think about it. I I imagine that many financial scandals could be avoided if churches and boards chose leadership on the basis of character over personality or accomplishments. The Bible's clear on this. If you look in the, in, in the book of Titus and the book of 1 Timothy, you, you see clearly that, that those who lead in the church, those who serve as elders, uh, the, the shepherds of the church, everything listed with the exception of the ability to teach is a character issue. And so character must be important to us, brothers and sisters, not just in those who we choose as a body to to lead and serve us, but also we should be known for our character as well, whether, whether we're in positions of leadership within the church or not. If we are aiming to, to do everything in an honorable way in the sight of God and man, then our character matters as well. We, we need to guard our lives because how we live, how we handle the resources that God has given us, how we care for one another affects those inside the faith their view of who God is and and his church, but it also affects those outside the church as well. Back in the 80s, the the scandal I'd mentioned earlier with the the Bakers, Jim Baker became a punchline for many non-believers because of his infidelity and greed. It was a black eye on the gospel even though much of, of, uh, of what he taught and proclaimed what was unsound to begin with. The unbelievers didn't know the difference. They lump us all together. And so it is imperative as the body of Christ that we are known for our character. Now in verse 24, Paul encourages the Corinthians to give generously because of the character of the, those entrusted with this task. But again, these aren't just character qualities for leaders. These are character qualities for all believers. We should all strive to serve God and His church with diligence. We should do so of our own free will. We should serve under the authority of our local congregation. We should choose those in leadership who have been had their character tested and are eager in their love for God and in their love for others as well. I feel a message like this, with a message like this, I should close by pointing out ways in which New Hope seeks to be transparent and faithful before 
our members and those who are affiliated with the church. Way back on August 1st, 2010, I, I preached my first sermon at New Hope and that, that marked the beginning of uh, the ministry there that has lasted up to this point. And one of the things that we have sought to do, not just myself, but the leadership of the church, is to always be sure that we are financially transparent before the congregation. That means that anyone who is a member at any point can ask to see our financial rec records, what we are spending money on, how the giving is going, all of those things. Not only that, it, it, we seek to be faithful at least twice a year to, to update the congregation on where things are financially for the church. The church must vote on and affirm our, uh, our budget every year. And also we, we bring major purchasing decisions and uh, even uh, when if it becomes an issue of hiring or, or creating a new position of employment at the church, all of those things that must uh, be approved by the congregation. We, we recognize that these are matters that, that are of the utmost importance that we are clear and transparent before the church because we do not want to do anything that would dishonor God or the members at New Hope Christian Fellowship. Our leaders are also chosen from among the congregation and affirmed by the congregation because we recognize that that that, that is what the, the 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 foundation of good leadership is 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 drawing from within the context of the congregation. We we don't. Uh, other than a, a pastor who is paid in order to be able to set his time aside to 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 preach and teach the word of God. Our other elders are, are all from within the context of the church, the membership of the church, and that will remain to be the case. We, we recognize that the membership should know what's going on, and it is our goal to make sure that always remains the case. We also encourage uh, our members to, to come faithfully with any questions or concerns that they have because we recognize that, that only God's word is infallible. We, even in our best efforts, can make mistakes and come up short. And so we always want to maintain a, 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 an approachability uh, to be able to hear from and, and learn from the body. So please know that, that, that this is something, a passage like this, that that we recognize clearly how it translates into how we should carry ourselves as a church, both in the leadership, but also in the greater congregation as well. We want to do all things in a way that, that brings honor to God and before man. Think about that. Let, let those principles guide your life and you will not regret it. And God, more importantly, will be honored in your life. Let me close this in prayer, and again, thank you so much for uh, for checking back each week and and following along in our study of of Second Corinthians. Let us pray, Lord. I thank you so much for this day and for your word and for this clear call from your word that those who are charged with stewardship of your resources uh, carry themselves in such a way, Lord, that their character brings glory to you and they are trusted by your people. Uh, Lord, 
I pray for new hope, Lord, that this would always be the case, Lord, that uh, money would not be a, a stumbling block for the people, but Lord, that we would uh, recognize that all that we have is from you. And so as such, we want to use it transparently and clearly and freely and generously in a way that brings glory to your name. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.